0: Sign up today on the RMM-TV podcast. Tonight, I'm speaking to you on the conceptualization of, super, of the supernatural. The conceptualization of the supernatural. I'm going to say it to you again. The conceptualization of the supernatural. Let me just, let me just put this out before you. This is so important. God doesn't exist based on what we say. He doesn't need us to validate his existence. You say, why? He validated himself in creation. You say, how? Because in the beginning, it is written, God created The heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So things didn't come out of things. Things originally came out of the person of God. So we understand that He has a superior mind to create all of what you see. And a lot of what we can't see, God created also. And as time goes by, we come into the realization of the creative power of God. So we're going to get into this subject today, the conceptualization of supernaturalism. What really is it all about? Well, let's look at this. Can we, first of all, let's, let me ask this question now. Can we live without God? How possible is it for us to live without God? Do we exist without God? Can a fish live out of water? We all know that when a fish is out of water, it's dead. Did you hear me? When a fish comes out of water, it is dead. So certain things can't be unless there is, a, in fact, everything cannot be unless there is a God. Just as how you cannot live, Without your spirit. Did you know the spirit part of man is the part that man cannot explain or accurately define? He can tell you about your head. He can tell you about your bones. He can tell you about your blood. He can tell you all parts of your body and what they're for and how they function. But what no doctor can tell you is how your spirit works. And when that tiny component known as the Spirit, is pulled out of you, you're dead. You fall to the ground in a heap. So we realize that our very existence denotes the existence of God. So much so, listen to this scripture. It says, sorry, Acts 17 verse 28 from the Amplified Bible. It says, for in him we live and move and exist. That is, in him we actually have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we also are his children. A child cannot have a different DNA than his parent. That's scientifically impossible. Now, this is another, there's another flip side to that. It would also be true to say that a child, even though he may be directly from his mother or father, because you know you, you, you get your genes from both, but not everything of their parents do you, will you possess. Not everything of my parents do I possess. Let me give you a classic example. Um, my mother... Was the, four, was the third youngest out of 11 children. All of my mother's brothers and sisters, everyone has green eyes. Everyone. Okay, listen to this now. I am the grandson of my grandmother, Florence Amanda Hines, who was a Sephardic Jew. Listen to this. My generation, there's 75 of us, Listen to this. Not one of us or our children have those eyes. Very interesting, isn't it? So not everything in the DNA is manifested. When God made us, he made us in his image and after his likeness. We are not him. That's the distinction between us and him. You say, why? Because God has all of himself. We only have a part. And so without him, we don't exist. Without him, we do not make our sense. Now let's look at God. God is supernatural. We too are spirit beings. Our existence is based on the supernatural. The problem is, we've learned to function in the natural without realizing that there has to be the supernatural behind the natural because that's the only way the natural exists. So the word now says, Now, for in Him now we live and move and we have our beings. But how then do we live in this realm or in this vein? Listen to this now. Second Peter chapter, sorry, 2 Peter, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. This stands from the Derby Bible. It reads like this. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Hear this now. As his divine power has given unto us all things, which relate to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us by glory and virtue. Now so far we've read the word knowledge twice. The first part of the verse says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in what? The knowledge of God. Then, and then in the latter part of the verse, then going to say, Now, through the knowledge of Him. Knowledge again is a key. Remember, my people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge. Through the knowledge of him that has called us by glory and virtue, through which he has given us the greatest and precious promises. Now listen to this now. That through these you may become partakers of the divine nature. Stop right there. That's about three weeks worth of teaching if we was to dissect it. What is the purpose of the promises? The purpose of the promises is that so we can partake of the divine nature of God. So in other words, all the promises of God can only manifest through the supernatural. Oh, my goodness gracious me. That's a whole nother realm. That's a whole nother vein of thought. So that's the reason why when we're going through situations, no matter how tough it looks, only God's power can deliver you. But you've got to know that you know the promise. I want you to hear this again now. Through which he has given us the greatest and precious promises, That through these you may become partakers of the divine nature. So, in other words, without knowledge, without revelation, we can't partake of the promises of God. And the purpose of us being able to become partakers of the divine nature. Listen to what it goes on to say now. is so that we can escape the things that are in the world. Write this down. Because me, you know, this is too much to develop. I'm just going to put it out to you today. Hear this now. God's promises were made without floors. God possesses the power. To fulfill every promise he ever made. So much so that his promises are the indicator of his power made known to us in advance. So, in other words, God made promises that only his power can bring to pass. So if you look to a man to do something that only God can do, you're going to be deeply disappointed. We can do what we do the way we know how to do it. But if God doesn't do it, it's just not done. That's the power of the promise. God made promises that he knew only he can do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now listen to this now. Faith and how we get these things from God. There's two kinds of faith I'm going to touch right now. There's known faith and there's unknown faith. Now let me tell you what's the distinction between the two. Known faith requires action. Known faith is what's revealed to you. The Bible says therein, for example, is the righteousness of God revealed, and it says it's from faith to faith. So faith has to be revealed for there to be authorization to move, to do something. I'm going to say that again. That went over some of your heads. Faith has to be revealed to you for you to receive authorization to do a thing. So till something is revealed to you, you don't have heaven's clearance. That might be why you're having a lot of issues that can't change. You say, why? God never told you what to do. He never told you how to do it. So therefore, where you say you have the faith to do it, no, you don't have the faith to do it. You just have the will to do it. Mm. So there's known faith. And then there's unknown faith. Now, what do I mean by unknown faith? As much as you know is as much as what you don't know. And what we don't know, in instances like that, we trust God. You say, why? Because we don't look to ourselves. The answer is not within us. It's in him. And a lot of people have not learned the distinction between when to trust versus when to move. When God tells you to do something, that's faith. But when you don't know what to do, you have to wait. That's part of the mystery of faith, is you trust God to do a thing. And a lot of us have grown so much in God that we think we can do it all, that's for deception. Learn to wait, and he will do it. That's why in, if you notice in the Old Testament, you only ever see the word faith twice. I wish you imagine there's more books in the Old Testament than there is in the New. And yet in the Old Testament, the only time Imagine, God did so many incredible miracles in the Old Testament, yet the word faith was only ever used twice. And it was when God said to the children of Israel, they had no faith. And it was a rebuke to his own people. They had no faith. And then in the book of Habakkuk, when the scripture goes to say, and the just shall live by faith. And you heard me say this before. So if it says, for just shall live by faith, so hear me now. So if you're not just, guess what? You violated the rule to live by faith. Profound, yet powerful. But yet now in the New Testament now, what you don't see a lot of is the word trust. The only time you see trust in the New Testament, very, very very rarely do you ever hear it said, the word now is the word faith. Isn't that interesting? Faith. Faith. Hmm. So much in that to go into. So let's go a little further now. But listen to this now. Part of faith is a mystery. But yet, it doesn't compromise even when we don't fully understand or know it. We still yet believe God. Let me give you an example of how it doesn't compromise even though we don't fully understand it. There was a man called Job in the Bible. Job didn't have, now this is the key, Job did not have an understanding of why he was going through what he went through. He didn't understand why he lost it. This man had it all and lost it all. He couldn't understand how he, he just, he had whatever there was in the material world, Job had it. The word favor, Job had it. Business, success, Job had it. But then Satan one day went before God and accused God, and said, to, in other words, you know something. The only reason why this Job is serving you because you made him so blessed, you made him so so prosperous. That's why he's really serving you. In other words, Satan tried to say to God that Job is only serving you for an ulterior motive. That's what Satan was really saying. And and he said, and he said, I can't. And he, what the devil said, he said, I can't get to him because of the hedge you put around him. Now, people, listen to me good. There's a hedge of protection around the believer. The Holy Spirit just spoke something in my ear. Job lived in the secret place because everything that was ever needed, Job had because Job lived in the secret place. You put a hedge of protection around him. I can't get him. I can't touch him. And God said, you know something? I'm going to lift it, give you a little access, and we're going to see if Job is serving me because of stuff or because he really loves me as God. The lesson is Job did not know that Satan went before God concerning him. Job did not know that. And God said to him, to Satan, oh, go trouble him. You're going to see who this guy really is. He's going to stand no matter what. Job had no clue of that. But watch this. Job learned to trust even though he didn't understand that. Is the mystery of faith. Will you trust God even when you don't fully understand it? Realizing that the steps of a righteous man are what? Ordered. No matter what it looks like, there is no mistake. So you know what that means? It means God has a miracle for you. It means God has a blessing for you. You might not see it right now, but he has a blessing for you. He has a prosperous for you. He has a blessing for you that you can't explain because if he took the time to explain it, you wouldn't believe it. That hits me so strong. Job did not know. Now hear this now. I just had to wrap that thought up. Mm. what we know and what we don't know. Job didn't know. but The Bible says he trusted God and he didn't charge God foolishly. Though God slay me, yet will I trust him. He didn't know why. He didn't know why he was going. Now, the average person who was in church today would say, well, Job had to have committed sin. That's how all of this stuff was happening, not realizing that God had another level of life for Job, that God had a greater blessing for Job, that only through a period of trust could Job qualify to come into something better. There's, I don't know who it is right now, but I'm talking to somebody right now. You are at the same place of Job, and it looks like you're losing stuff. No, you're not really losing. You're never losing when you're being processed. When you're processed, you're qualifying for your next level. And we know that Job qualified for his next level. You say, how do we know? Because he got that more than what he ever had before. So hear me now. There's known faith. And then there's the trust issue. I am daring you right now to stand in the midst of your storm and trust and believe your God. Listen to this now. This to me is powerful. You are going to learn, and the church is going to learn, now more than ever, how to live in this world in a state of being supernatural. If you're filled with the Spirit, guess what? You're in a state of being supernatural. You say why? Because you're filled. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. This is too much to give. I want you to hear this. I, I, I want to just put this in your spirit today. Mm. Romans 12, verse two says something profound. And so I'm going to read it to you. Romans. 12 verse 2 says, be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not even going to finish the rest of the verse. I'm going to park right there. And I want to give you this revelation here. Where you read the word renew, I want to tell you what the original word is. The word renew there was originally the word renovate. Now listen to me good. Renovate. Say the word renovate. This is what the word renovate means. <laughs> it means you update an existing structure. Hmm. Today, the church does not believe in renewal. You say, why? Because what we're seeing in the church, yeah, boy. Bo- what we're seeing today in the church. Is not renovation, but we're seeing remodeling. Now, let me tell you the difference between to remodel something and to renovate. The word remodel has a completely different meaning. The word remodel means changing the entire structure through demolition. So much of the church right now is changing. From the original pattern that God gave the church in order to look as though we are modern, and what's happened is we've thrown out the presence of God, and we've and we've substituted it with theatrics. Mm. That's the remodeling that we're seeing in the church, not. The renovation, which means you improve on what is, but we're actually throwing out all of what we know to be true in order to accommodate what we call a younger generation that doesn't have the reality of the power of God. Interesting. Interesting. Let me move on. That's a whole separate separate thing. Whole separate thing. Listen to this. Let me just move on. You keep that in your mind. Renovate means you exist. Sorry, renovation means you update an existing structure. To remodel means you're changing the entire structure through demolition. Wow. Wow. And yet the Bible teaches the former and the latter together. So if we're to have the former and the latter together, that might really explain why there's certain depth in God that's not in the house of God right now. You say, why? We've thrown out the former. You never throw out the former. Let me tell you the principle of of that. Do you notice that one of the names of Jesus was the second Adam? Do you notice that in creation... Adam's wife's name was changed. She was changed from Adam to Eve because she was the mother of all that was living. Don't you find it funny, but Adam's name was never in changed. Sorry, but Adam's name was never changed. You say, why? You don't change original intent. You build upon it. So that's why when Jesus came, God showed that there was nothing wrong with Adam when Adam was supposed to be who he was. So that's why Jesus came as what? The second Adam. So we, so you're gonna have to change right now. In the church, you're gonna to have to look right now and examine: is there a remodeling taking place, or is there a renovation? Hmm. Okay, let me move on. Hallelujah, let's go on. Man is a, sorry, man is a time-conscious and time-consuming being. That's the fallen man's reality. God never intended for there to be a delay between heaven and earth. And he's, sorry, sorry, let me read to you again, sorry. God never intended for there to be a delay between heaven and earth. And we know that, Because the Bible says when God speaks, the Bible says, and it was so. The concept of the supernatural, we have to understand it because it is real. When God speaks of things, it is now. But if you're not Yaboshah, but if you're not in faith, what God is speaking to you isn't now. You say, why? Because you're looking for time to be the approval Mm. Oh my God I challenge you right now to have this understanding of faith. Let me break it down to you and compress it all. You can't live without him. He has given you himself. You too are a spirit being. You too have the divine nature. That means you have to think like God that means you have to speak like God faith is the key to moving in God faith is the key to receiving from God there is so much in this I can't take the time to to develop right now It's it's just so much But right now, I just want to say this to you. we're, We're going to close today a little early. Be careful right now in the church. You say why? Because there's a lot of remodeling taking place as opposed to renovation. And the word tells us that we're to be renewed. Now listen to this now. In that renewal... Of the mind is where faith comes back into play. Hallelujah. You got a lot today. I'm going to pause right now. And I want you to lift your hands before God. I want to pray this prayer for you right now. Father, I pray right now that your people will come into an understanding that they were designed. To live in the supernatural and function in the supernatural. I ask right now, God, in Jesus' name, that a divine renovation will take place where they will see themselves from your perspective and be nothing less than your image and likeness. I pray for your people now. In Jesus' name. Mm. Mm. Amen. I challenge you today as I stop. Remodel or renovation. If you move what God said, what do you put in its place? Worship today is no longer worship in the church, it's entertainment. That's what the remodeling has done. Our songs are remodeled. You say, why? It's about what we think about God. It's not what God says about himself. I want you to shake yourself from that stuff. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you so much for joining us at the Infinity Center. Word was a little different today. I wasn't going to, honestly, I was going to take you in a whole different direction. And I felt the Spirit of God just switched me. Because we're dealing with a lot of remodeling right now. Our whole nation right now, as as I'm talking to you, is being remodeled. Notice the word, remodeled. We're throwing away original intent. And in original intent is where purpose is found. Amen. Well, listen, I love you all. God bless you. But listen to me. I want you today to show your support for this ministry. Show your support for our church. The Infinity Center is our church online. I'm going to challenge you every week when I bring the word of God to you because we're a church. But now God challenges you. You say, what does he challenge you to do? To give into his economy. There are no highs and lows in heaven. There is none. There is on the earth, but not in heaven. And when we give into heaven's economy, that dictates to how we live here. people. I don't feel led to say too much. I want to encourage you right now, give you this opportunity to sow, to sow. Father, in Jesus' name, your word is clear, your word is here. As we sow, we look for something supernatural to happen. You are the God of our seed. We want multiplication, not duplication. You said 30, 60, and 100 fold, and your word actually says in the Old Covenant, even 1,000 fold. Father, I know that when people give, you do those things. And we give now by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Please go ahead and sow now in Jesus' name. Amen. The details are up there on the screen. So you see. Amen. God bless you. Join us again next week at the Infinity Center. Love you. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more Breakthrough Encounters, visit us on rmm.live.